welcome to the Urban Christian Woman podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashika Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiva? Girl, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. Ladies, welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. I am here with a very special guest today, and we're in the midst of our co-journey series. Um, I'm here today with Chandra Hitchens, and today we're going to be talking about co-journeying with a therapist, co-journeying with a Christian therapist. And this series has been so, so, so rich so far. We've been looking at this Christian life as a journey. I mean, it's not one that we can do alone. And so through the series, we've been talking to women and a man faithfully co-journeying in various roles, mentor, therapist, friend, spouse, among others. And we really just want to encourage you guys as urban women to journey with others in your Christian life so you can really grow and flourish in your fellowship with God. And we've been framing this all from Ecclesiastes. Y'all know we're going to root it in the word. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, where it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. And verse 12 says, if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. And a quarter three strands is not easily broken. And so as we think about walking through this life with our sort of quarter of three strands types of community, uh, today I have the privilege and the joy of chatting with Chandra Hitchens. Hey, Chandra. Hey. hey guys. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Chandra is the director of care at Reality LA, where she also has served as a deacon for five years. She has a background in mental health. She's experienced in marriage, family therapy, and behavioral health. Um, she is married to my brother. Guys, spoiler alert. This is my sister-in-law, <laughs> um, Alex, who is an amazing music producer. And Chandra was raised in South Central LA began going to Reality LA in 2011, where in 2022, she became uh, staff as director of care and community um, on staff. And so Chandra, welcome. Tell us just a little bit yeah. more about yourself and who you are and where you're coming from. First of all, I just want to say how thankful I am to be here. Um, been waiting for this. Uh, yes. Guys, uh, when you guys first started a podcast and just kind of seeing where it's at now. So I'm super grateful um, for how you guys are leading in this ministry and just encouraging so many of us. Mm, um, so yeah, like you mentioned, yes, I was raised in South Central LA. Um, my my background is in uh, marriage family therapy. Um, uh, that's where my education is in. That's where my master's is in. Um, the bulk of my time um, was in behavior health, specifically working with children with autism. So mm-hmm. um, I've pretty much been in the mental health field probably for like the last 15 or 20 years of uh, mm-hmm. just and just most of my experiences around that um I was one of those who got married in 2020 but had to cancel the the large wedding and had to settle Wild. for a really sweet and private intimate wedding which actually I think I preferred over the really large mm-hmm. <laughs> wedding um but yeah I've been married to my husband since 2020 um and yeah I think that's, yeah. And like you mentioned, director of care um, and community at Reality LA, uh, the end of 2022, got on staff and it's been really good. It's been really good to finally be in a position where I feel all my passions align. So like mm. my passion for 
theology, my passion for um, psychology um, and just caring for people, like all that feels like it's aligning right now. So it's been a really, really sweet, um, sweet journey so far. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Uh, that 2020 wedding situation, that was wild. <laughs> it was. It was. But then it was. it's like, I'm I'm sure there are others who went through the first couple years of their marriage in like just various degrees of isolation. And like that probably creates a whole other type of like foundation for your marriage where you're like, okay, we have a lot of time together. Yes. Um, that is correct. Because typically you don't have that much time together with someone when you first get married. I mean, on your honeymoon, you do, but not mm-hmm. like you're going to be and shut in in isolation for the next year. <laughs> um, so that was definitely different and unique or the fact that our families didn't meet. Um, right. Until, uh, what was it? 2022, right? Yeah, two Black. years later. Uh, yeah. But everything was like over Zoom. So that that was, yeah, it it definitely added more time our marriage, it felt like after our first year, it felt like we were married for like three and a half years. That's like wow. a joke we all. Yeah. It feels like 3.5 years, even though it's only been a year. Um, but yeah, I think God is so faithful even in that. Um, there's a lot that we just kind of had to learn and experience kind of like the first couple of years mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, and I think a lot of that's also laying down a foundation that we're going to need for just like just just the future. So. Yeah. Um, and we weren't the only couple. That right. really helped me. That right. Was just that like, was that was a universal experience for a lot of folks, right? <laughs> the whole world was shut down. I know. So I, know. <laughs> I am not offended by I don't I don't feel like I like I'm the only one that lost something. So it was a universal experience. So mm-hmm. that was in a weird way encouraging. Yeah. 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 Wild times. So I um we're jumping into this series about co-journeying. And so tell us, Chandra, tell the listeners, like, what does co-journeying mean to you when you first heard, like, hey, we're gonna be talking about this? And what value does it bring to your walk with Jesus? Yeah. Oh, I think that's just such a great word. Um I think initially what came up for me is just walking alongside uh, someone mm-hmm. and or even doing life together. Um, being able to kind of take your experiences of things that you went through, challenges, um, and turn them into like support for other people. So how do I walk with my brother or my sister um, who may be struggling in a particular area? How do I do that? But also not just walking alongside them, but but how do I reflect Christ even to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Jesus uses us to do his work. I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um so there's just certain things you're not going to um, receive outside of community. It's mm-hmm. just how it is. So I love that Jesus allowed us to be a part of his work. And I think walking along people, co-journeying with them is being a part of God's work. It's reflecting God's compassion, reflecting God's love, patience, mercy, um, wisdom, like all mm-hmm. that. So yeah, that's what comes up for me. It's just walking alongside someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that um, you know, is something that we do in the in all these different lanes, right? Of like a friend or a pastor. And then so like talk to us about this level of like co-journeying, walking alongside and witnessing like these characters of Jesus as a therapist. Like how did you first experience that? And what was that like when you first experienced co-journeying with a Christian therapist? Yeah, I think this was around um 2019, mm-hmm. um, around the time I got engaged, um, I met with a Christian therapist 
And she was the first person to actually name what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just really important for me because I, I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on. I just knew I was having a hard time managing my emotions. I was dealing with a lot of depression at that time. And she was just the first one to really name like what was happening with me. Mm-hmm. Um, she also was the first person to really offer perspective around hope mm-hmm. that I don't know if I would have had outside of a Christian setting. Um, as believers, we do have a hope, right? We have a hope that's even beyond here. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was able to really uh, listen to me, um, really take uh, take in consideration what was happening with me and was able to kind of guide me into a, a space where I can really confront um, God a, a, around a lot of what I was dealing with. And a lot has to do with my, my past experience. Uh, I am a survivor of um, childhood abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was able to really just allow me to um, really ask God hard questions about mm-hmm. that time. Um, doubts that I had, um, even questions around God's care, his love, his concern for me. She she, she provided a safe space for me to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, something that was really important for me was, um, of course, safety. Coming from a, a space of being abused, safety still is, and it's always been something really important to me. She provided this safe space um, and also um, her presence, just being there, just being in a room and sitting mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. and holding what I had to say without any judgment, offering compassion. I mean, that to me is mm. is a form of, of God. Like that, yeah. that is, um, I, I love this term I heard from a friend, but like she calls it the, the ministry of presence mm. where like sometimes you're not going to be able to solve someone's problem. Mm-hmm. All you can do is just provide your presence and just be there um, and just create this beautiful space where they can feel seen and and not to feel alone in their pain and in their struggle. And she provided that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say like that that was that was a game changer for mm-hmm. me at that point. Um, I think it just it, it really helped me understand the value of therapy, but also someone that shares the same faith that I share as well. Right. Um, faith is really like is faith is really important to me. So I need someone to also be able to um, meet me in that space and mm-hmm. just kind of kind of help guide me. Mm-hmm. Um, from that perspective. And she was able to do that. So it was a really, it was a great um, healing experience um, and being able to reconcile uh, my pain with my faith was mm. really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think being able to reconcile those two, well, one, like, even as you said, like the ministry of presence is so much of, is so at the core of the gospel, right? Like Emmanuel is God with us. Like that with, like, it is it is a way that the gospel is displayed both in the life of Jesus and then like you're saying with these with these individuals that are coming alongside of us in that journey. That's so good. Like the gospel does intersect. And I think um in spaces, especially with women of color, like it's so um it sometimes gets dismissed. Like I don't know if you've had that experience, if you want to talk about that with just like the dissonance between like how people of color and urban women often think about therapy or have or have maybe baggage around it versus how you've really experienced the gospel intersect with that. Like what are some of those barriers that you think a lot of women face? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh just 
like women of color and uh, Christian women too, like just uh, just our hesitation to seek out mm-hmm. therapy. And a lot of that, I think, um, comes from our from our background, um, whether it's just not um, having opportunities to do it or even the education around um, a therapy and the importance of counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, what I what comes to mind for me that if I was to sit with someone who's who mentions like, you know, like I just... I don't need to seek out therapy or I have these barriers. I, I would first ask them like, what, what are some of the barriers to them actually seeking out this care? Like what comes mm-hmm. up for them when they think about um, seeking therapy? I, I want to assume, but I can't assume for everyone, mm-hmm. but I, I would assume that a lot has to do with the sense of if I have to go sit down, talk to someone that means something's wrong with me mm-hmm. or that I'm right. I think it's, it's this assumption that I'm weak or something's wrong with me. Um, and I think I would just challenge that. I would I would challenge that um, that ideal that 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 it it has to mean that something's wrong with you. I think if we all live in this world mm-hmm. and this world is broken, we are all affected and impacted mm-hmm. by our reality that's around us. So this sense that I can never go to seek out some type of healing for my mind or my emotions, I think mm-hmm. it's foolish, and we wouldn't have that same um, standard for something that was physical going on with us, mm. right? We wouldn't, like, if someone broke a limb or if someone developed cancer, Girl, and things, yes. we wouldn't use that standard. Like, oh, if you go to the doctor, you know, that means something's really wrong with you or, um, yeah. or I don't know, anything that may, that may come to mind for a lot of us. So I, I would just really be curious of like what comes up for you when you think about therapy. Like, what are some mm-hmm. of the things that com- comes up? And I would love to challenge that, um, mm-hmm. in a way of like asking, well, "What do you think Jesus would say to you mm-hmm. in that moment?" You can't him for this. Can um, I just say something too? Because as a person who was walking around with a broken bone in my wrist for months and not even knowing it and ignoring the pain or dismissing it. It doesn't work, okay? Eventually, it became to the point where I could not ignore it. And I went in and I had a broken bone. And guess what? I ended up in a cast for 12 weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, there is, what is the, like, right? Like, let's make that parallel between what you're saying. Like, the physical body, we can't ignore the broken things in our physical body. We can't yeah. ignore the broken things in our mental and emotional health. Because guess what? Eventually the pain will start to affect us so much. I couldn't function, right? So you're not able to function. And you do, there are individuals who are equipped professionally to help. Um, And I want to hit on that professionally too, because I think one of the other barriers is that people will be like, oh, well, my girlfriends are like therapy. You know what I'm saying? Or like, or I could talk to my pastor anytime. So what would you say to that woman? Like where I'm like, oh, I don't need therapy. Like me and my girlfriends, we sit on, we, ch- you know, chop it up on the weekend and they help me sort out my problems. Yeah, I think, yeah, uh, girlfriends are great. Because right, there's space for that, right? Like that's yeah, good. Definitely space for that. But there's also space to go to someone that just doesn't know you and can mm-hmm. have an objective point of view. Mm. Um, I I think sometimes when people know us and they know us really well, I think that creates limitations sometimes. There, there's... There's already a relationship where they know you as a certain person, mm-hmm. um, and that's great. Um, but it, that can also create challenges when you're really in situations where, like, maybe you're you're really depressed or you're really anxious about something. Um, and I, I'll speak for personal experience. When I was going through um, 
a pretty depressed season. You know, I had I have amazing friends, my best friend, um, um, also uh, people in my church that were that were super helpful. Mm-hmm. But I I noticed how difficult it was for them to see me in that that very low space. Mm-hmm. They still cared. They still uh, cared about me genuinely. They loved me, but it was really hard for them. And me knowing how difficult it was for them sometimes made it harder for me to really open up and hear what them mm-hmm. was going on. But also it was hard for them sometimes just to allow me to be in that space, mm. just to be in the space. Like that's, that's what I needed to do at that time and moment. Um, in hindsight, I realized that sometimes not that God is up there like, yeah, I need you to be depressed. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I, I do think God allow us to go through various seasons of our life because there's some deep work that he's doing. Mm-hmm. And in that deep work, it's not going to always feel good. Right. Uh, which I'm not going to always feel great in those moments. And it was really hard for my friends or even my husband to just see me there. Mm-hmm. They almost wanted to pull me out of that space and to remind me of um, not only who I was, which is great, but, but what they what they knew I was going to become like, mm. Chandra, you're stronger than this, or you're, you're in a, you know, God has this for you and look how he's blessed you. And again, all those things are great. And there's a time for that. So I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but there's also a time to just sit and be still and feel what you need to feel. Mm. Um, and just to allow your mind and your body to process what it needs to process. Mm. And I think a therapist is trained <laughs> and paid to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I would say in, in those situations, I do think you need to seek out professional care, um, and not just, uh, rely on family and friends mm-hmm. or, uh, even like your church community to hold you up during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, emphasis on trained, right. Too, because it's like, there is an experience like on a professional level of, this is what it means to sit with a person. This is what it like. This is what is appropriate as far as like, you know, counsel to give or ways to lead people through processing that helps them make sense of their story. Like I was reading this earlier this week that was like talking about how we're always healing comes when we can make purpose of our pain, right? Like all of us have pain in our lives, but like, how do we make sense of it, right? Like we can't make sense of our pain. And then that's where trauma comes from too. And I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, because you're <laughs> like you're way more trained as we speak about training than I am. But I feel like I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's like finding purpose, making purpose or making meaning from that helps to move towards healing. And yes. there are people who are literally professionally equipped to do that and help you walk through that journey and have the tools, right, to do that. Like where's just whereas your girlfriend or your spouse might, they don't have the tools in their tool belt for that. Right. Uh, yes, I love everything you just said. That That's correct. And, and going back to my experience I shared earlier, um, not only was she able to name what was happening with me, she was also able to help me find validation in my pain. Mm. I think the scariest part is like just experiencing pain or like even just having a lot of pain that you carry mm-hmm. and not not really having a sense of like validation uh, mm-hmm. around it. And I guess what I mean by that is like, like, what was what was this worth? What was mm. the point of this? Um, I, I think that's a scary space to be in because then you be you begin to question your value mm. and, and your worth, right? Like, like I'm just someone that got abused. I'm I'm nothing, or like 
um, this just happened to me because I don't matter. Like things like mm-hmm. that can start like because those are the thoughts that can start developing because mm-hmm. of that. So, so to have someone, and when I say validate, I don't mean to be to, to give a a reason for it or to be able to solve it. Like some of those things I'm I'm never gonna be able to find right. and that's okay. Yeah. But she was able to help me realize that there was still value for me and even my life. Mm. And I remember one day she said she said this and I I received I'm gonna say what she said, but I, I want to say first I, I received it very well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything insensitive. And at this time we've had a relationship for a few weeks, but she said, Chandra, I just also want to point out something is that you're still alive. You did not die during that time. Mm. And there are situations where people endure what you endured and, and, and they died. Mm. So you're still here. You have life. That means that there's, there's, um, there's value on your life, but also there's something that God has for you. You're still mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And I just, that has stayed with me ever since she said that. Mm. And I was just like, whoa. Mm. And it just shifts. It shifts something in me when she said that, because I don't know if I ever really focus on the fact that, Hey, I'm still living. Mm. You know, I, I was so focused on what happened. What happened. And yeah. Upset with God about it. Right. Like, you know, you say you care about me or you my rescuer, but I didn't feel rescued during this time or you took your time to do whatever those things were. I never really shifted my focus to thinking about the fact that I, I did survive and mm-hmm. I'm still here. Um, so yeah, she she gave me that. So yes, a trained professional, absolutely. Going back to what you were saying, like mm-hmm. um, it's their job to hold space and help you process through it um, the best way you can and to make sense of it the best way you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm, Hopefully that's, that's so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. That's so good. Because I think that another barrier or maybe hesitancy is like, especially as Christians, right? We expect that our faith is enough to, should be enough, right? To heal us or to carry us through. Um, And maybe there's some shame uh, connected to the fact that like, I, my prayer life isn't bringing me out of this depression or what, you know what I'm saying? Or like, or bringing me through, bringing my marriage to a healthier place or whatever, or helping me make sense of the pain that I experienced as a child. Like there is some shame, I think, attached to that because of maybe this perception that faith should be enough, right? How how do you, how would you speak to that or like interact with that? Yeah, I think if I was interacting with someone that brought that up, like my faith should be enough, I... I think I would, I would want to ask them a question of like, what do you mean by your faith should be enough? Mm. And also, do you think that's how Jesus will respond? To You're you? so like, I love it. Chandra's like, I'm just going to ask you, what do you mean by this? What do you mean yes. by this? Like, like break it down. I love you. are such yeah. a straight shooter, Chandra. Yeah. I just, I want to hear from them. Like, what do you mean by that? And then yeah. again, um, how would Jesus respond to you right. on that? Like, you know, would he say like, you know, you're not healed because you don't have enough faith. You know, I, mm-hmm. I would even... I would encourage someone to even ask that question um, to God. Um, I think, again, going back to what I mentioned about the brokenness in this world, we we are all impacted, Mm -hmm. um, not only physically, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all that, um, just by brokenness, not only of the world, but maybe brokenness that's been done to us, right? Or maybe stuff that we've engaged in. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that being said, this ideal of... um, I don't know if it's the idea of not feeling shame, but I, I felt a lot of shame during that that season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that was part of it. There, there was, there was shame that was, that was inflicted upon me because of what happened. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there's ways that I, I cope. There's unhealthy ways that I cope with that, that brought on a measure of shame too. But here's the thing. Jesus has bared all of our shames on, on the cross, right? Jesus has bared our shame on the cross. Amen. We believe that statement. Yeah. Then what are we doing or what do we need to do to move towards mm -hmm. that reality in our life? Mm. So if that means going to see a therapist, then that's what I'm going to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's not about, I don't know how to say this and maybe you can help with this. It's not so much about, um, not feeling shame. I think that's part of it. Sometimes we are going to feel shame. Now, if it's shame being brought on by the church or other people, then that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. I, that, that's definitely something we can touch on as well. But this ideal that I, I, sh I shouldn't feel ashamed or I'm feeling this way. I, I have to have compassion on myself during mm -hmm. that season. Realize mm -hmm. this is how I feel, but I know where to go for this. Right. Um, and again, that led so me to cool. crying out to God in ways that I'd never cried out to him before. It also led me to sit on a, a couch <laughs> to talk. <laughs> to talk um, it through. Yeah. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can say that again three times over because there's like this, there is what we have access to that Jesus has set us free from shame. And then there's actually tapping into what we have access to. You feel right. me? Like, it's like right. having it available, right? Like I got food in the fridge, right? But am I going to open up the fridge and eat it? Okay. Like are, we have freedom in Christ from shame, but are we going to access it through the very good and beautiful tools that he's given us? And some of those tools are people like therapists, right? And there's, there's a value in that. Um, I love that. I, I would love to add to that. Um, like, I think the question I would, I would ask myself also would be, does this provide me a path that draws me closer to God? Mm -hmm. Right. So if me sitting down and talking to someone or if, if me just even dealing with some of my trauma or my pain or um, my anger that's been coming up and I'm not sure what's happening, like, mm -hmm. is this going to draw me? Is this a path that's going to draw me closer to God or further away? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes not seeking out the the help or like you mentioned, the access that we have can actually draw us further away from God. Mm -hmm. So when I'm sitting in isolation and I'm uh, experiencing like my sadness or whatever, um, that's not necessarily drawing me closer to God at times. Mm -hmm. I need to seek out community. Mm -hmm. I need to seek out therapy, um, medication if if needed. Like I need to seek out these different things that God has provided for me to draw me closer to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his um, means of grace 
are really unlimited, right? What do we know? How how do we know what he's going to use as a means of grace for our healing and wholeness, right? Until we take that step and maybe pursue something that that maybe we thought was not an option before. So, um, so talk to Chandra. Talk to us about like finding the right therapist, right? It can be daunting. You look at the whole scope of things. You talked about how your faith, right? Like as as Christian women, our faith is such an integral part. And so that's something we want that person to be able to hold and value and integrate into our healing. What are some other things or qualities that our sister should be listening um, and looking for if they're considering co-journeying with a therapist? Yeah, Um yeah, you're correct. Cause like looking for a, th- a therapist can be very daunting. Um, so first I would, um, I would determine what is it that you're looking for and you hope to accomplish in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may not know those things and that's okay. Um, uh, but if you do know that can help you when you begin your search and there's so many tools right now, uh, just with technology where you can literally go online and search specific qualities of of a therapist it's amazing Mm -hmm. um as far as personal qualities um i would definitely look for someone who's a good listener non-judgmental um good at uh just communicating expectations uh someone that has a high self-awareness of themselves Mm -hmm. um and again i want to I want to step back as I say this and realize like some of these things you may not even know um, when you're uh, starting with a new therapist. Um, So I would say the probably the most important quality is if you feel safe. Mm. So if I, if you go to visit a therapist for the first time, um, how did that person make you feel? Um, Did you have a sense of safety in there in the space that they were in? Mm -hmm. Um, I I think I would probably maybe look for that initially. yeah. If it's someone that's like, for some of us, it's really important to have someone that shares the same cultural background. Mm-hmm. So looking for a, a therapist that that um, shares the same background as you, uh, gender specific. Um, so it just really depends on what you're looking for. I, mm-hmm. I wish I can give a better answer. I'm just, I think the most important piece of a therapist is how they're able to make someone feel safe mm-hmm. or like just how they build rapport. I think that's the most important piece because even if your therapist is really skilled at what they do, if they're not someone that you feel like can really honor you in that space or allow you to feel safe, you're not going to open up yeah. and you're not going to. So I think the most important piece again is uh, someone that you feel safe with Um and then the other qualities as far as, again, mm-hmm. communication, self-awareness, mm-hmm. all that is also really important. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And it doesn't have to. I mean, I think looking for safety in that space so that you can open up and heal, that can that, that's really valuable, I think, for our listeners, because each person can hear that and think through, like, what does that mean for me? Does that mean that it's a woman of color or does that mean that it's a Christian, you know, or does that mean that it's, you know, somebody who has experience or maybe their story reflects that in some, we don't know. Or does it mean that they just have like a dope office where I can sit on the couch and feel, you know what I mean? Like whatever that is. Um, But I think it's okay to say like, yeah, sometimes you don't know that until you're in there and you can get a feel for the chemistry that you have with that therapist. And that like probably, I mean, you could speak from your experience. Like if if yeah. it's not a good fit, right? 
and somebody says, okay, this is not a good fit. As a therapist, you're not like, oh, dang, I take that personally. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> if you do, yeah. then that's a different, that's a different problem. <laughs> but no, and again, and you can, for lack of words, you can break up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been therapists I've seen once or maybe twice, and it wasn't a good fit. Now, again, I do want to say, like, when I first started off, there was a there was more that I just didn't know mm-hmm. uh, what to look for, right? And um, along the way, I I learned that I needed someone that shared the same racial background as me. Mm-hmm. I needed someone that was a Christian. I needed someone that had maybe this type of experience. Like, so along the way, I was able to build what mm-hmm. I felt like was best for me. Mm-hmm. But when I first started, sometimes it was just like, okay, uh, I'm going to ask around. And some of my friends who I know who's in therapy, like, hey, do you have any referrals? Or going mm-hmm. to my church for a referral. Or again, going online and looking up specific things that I was dealing with, dealing with anxiety or depression, PTSD, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, and then finding someone nearby. Um, and then mm-hmm. you just have to show up. It's just taking that first step, mm-hmm. really taking the first step and showing up. Um, with time, you will learn what are the things that like... Um, like are really important for you in that space and how to go about looking for that. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's just, just taking the first step just to go. And, and also and probably too, like saying like after time thinking or realizing like I am growing and healing, right? Am I seeing the result or not that you see like instant results, right? But am I seeing growth or healing happen? Am I moving in the direction that I want to be moving in? You know, um, sometimes you starting off with the things you don't want to see in your life anymore. It's mm. a, uh, lot easier than starting with the things you want to see yeah so it could i want to feel less depressed or less anxious Mm -hmm. i want to experience joy whatever that so sometimes maybe starting off with that and then that would help you to navigate to try to find someone that specialized in those things yeah that's good that's good um i know you talked about like finding that even by reference of your church so since you talked about church (laughs) i don't know if the church has necessarily always related to supporting people finding mental health um, support. Do you know what I mean? Like how, I guess, what are some things that you've seen? Well, we don't always have to go to the negative. What are some of the helpful things and and unhelpful things that you've seen as far as how the church relates to mental health? Um, And how do we, how do churches specifically, the urban Christian woman is always looking to come alongside the local church. And so how can local churches really begin to support the value of co-journeying with a therapist? And what are some things that maybe like, I don't know, that we that you've seen have worked against that? Yeah. I think I think churches recognizing that um Jesus cares about us from a holistic standpoint and not just um just from the like us just having uh knowing about our our doctrine and theology, like all that is very important, but that Jesus also cares about our our body, our mind, our Mm -hmm. spirit, like all that, like Jesus cares about all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just starting off from that standpoint, um, as well as if possible, provide an opportunity for people Mm -hmm. to be able to seek out care. So whether that is partnering partnering with a Christian therapist in the neighborhood um, and having them on a referral list or Mm -hmm. um, maybe lay counselors that are trained in this Mm -hmm. and having them, you know, maybe volunteer time to to sit with people around it. Um, But yeah, just providing access, like you mentioned earlier, providing access. Um, Also, 
not telling people that they are not praying hard enough mm-hmm. or that their faith is not strong enough. Um, not inserting shame on people mm-hmm. for seeking out care um, or saying that their faith is weak because of it. You know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Those things are not helpful. If actually they've been very harmful. Um, and I'm I'm curious of, uh, there's this huge divide between, mm-hmm. well, there has been a huge divide between like the church and psychology. Mm-hmm. And as I've studied psychology and I studied theology, I, I really, I, I'm not sure where that divide started for. Girl, from, tell or, it. <laughs> tell um, it. I, I, don't, I don't see that. I don't see that divide there. However, there there has been that, that, you know, if you are to seek out um, care, outside of maybe reading scripture or praying, then that means that um, you're in sin or your, mm-hmm. your faith is not strong enough, those different things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think therapy and Christianity is mutually yeah. exclusive. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that, I mean, you can look at uh, books, theology or Christian living books from two decades ago, and you can see that there was a real deal divide. You know, and I think that the church maybe is moving towards that integration more. Um, but I also want to say, like, what you, I want to reiterate what you said to our listeners. If you are in a church where they're shaming you for your lack of faith because you're struggling with your mental health, get out of that church. <laughs> yes, a second. Go that. find you a healthy local church that honors the integration of mental health and faith and views your life with Jesus holistically. Like they're there, go find them. And then churches be supporting people. Like you said, those are really, those are some really good marching orders for churches of like figuring out how to, because let's be honest, Chandra, like especially for urban women, getting into therapy, there could be a financial barrier to that. Like how can churches come alongside of individuals who are looking for therapists or mental health support and say, hey, you know, the first eight sessions we're going to pay for or whatever, or here's a lay person who we've trained who can, you know, walk with you for a season. And so those are really good. Those are some really good first steps. Um, Sponsor people. Um, Yeah. yeah. That was kind of before I went to a professional therapist, there was someone on staff who was trained and she walked with me uh, for some time. And then my church also sponsored me to go. Mm Uh, to an actual uh, professional therapist. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. provide access. I think that's mm-hmm. part of coming alongside people. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Especially when we have, we know that the framework of the gospel is like Jesus. I mean, we think about what he said in Luke 4, 18, like he has gone to set the prisoner free. Like, what does it look like to walk in freedom and your mental and emotional health? If we as the body are reflecting Jesus, we're also creating pathways and breaking down barriers for people to get set free. So that's good. That's good. Well, so sort of as we wind down our conversation, I think like, I want to hear from you when you think about the importance of incorporating co-journeying with a therapist, right? In the life of a believer, both like as an individual, how you have, you know, sought it out. We both, you know, I can speak to that as well, seeking it out individually and also incorporating that, like we talked about in the life of church community. Are there any other ways that you want to encourage women and or churches, right? Like as we talked about to really value the role of co-journeying with a therapist? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Just a reminder, like God really wants us to live in freedom. 
and joy. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot that can happen in our life, but but healing from our pain um, is what God wants for us. And mm-hmm. it increases our capacity to, re- I think, to receive his love as well as to love others. Yeah. More. Um, so I know if I continue working on my healing, I'll be able to walk in the truth of God's love for me. Mm-hmm. And I can love the people around me better because I'm mm-hmm. coming from the overflow of, of who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do encourage uh, uh, ladies and churches to be open to seeing God's heart behind therapy mm-hmm. and, and to pursue and to really stick with it. Um, and maybe even for those who are listening, who may have started therapy or been wanting to start, just, just to encourage you to just step out and just do it. Uh, and, for, and if you are actually doing it right now, just stick with it because change is actually happening. Even if mm-hmm. you don't, even if it's not happening the way you want it to happen or you don't notice it, um, it is actually happening. Um, mm-hmm. we are human, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like we're, we're very layered. Um, so be encouraged, stick with it because, uh, it's layers are being revealed mm-hmm. um, throughout time and throughout that care and just having someone listen to you. So yeah, that'll be my encouragement for women um, out there as well as just for the churches. Um, just, just remind yourself like this is, this is what God wants for us. Mm-hmm. This is how God wants us to live. He doesn't want yeah. us to live in um, bondage from, um, from so much of our pain and trauma. So mm-hmm. mm. That's so good. I'm. I have no doubt that women are about to get set free off of this year, off of this year conversation because of your transparency, because of your honesty, your hopefulness, Chandra, and your vulnerability. Like all of that is a gift. And I know that even in your role now at Reality, like you're getting to use those gifts and really impact like the life of the church where. It's, I mean, I don't know, maybe you can even share a little bit about what you guys are building. Cause I think you're, it sounds like in your role, you're doing this. You're in a position now where you're helping the church integrate um, care and support into the life of the local church. Yeah. yeah so we're currently working on building up our care structure for our church. Um, so what that, what we hope that will look like is just like having a, a, a team of people that, our experience in providing care specifically around like uh, mental and emotional care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where when people in our church uh, need to go and talk to someone, they'll be able to um, access that. Um, we will continue with a lot of the, the resources we have now, which is we actually do sponsor a lot of people to go to therapy as well as um, whether it's like couples therapy, individual, uh, we do provide that and we do refer out to a lot of Christian therapists that mm-hmm. we have relationships with. So mm-hmm. we're just going to deepen a lot of things that we're already doing. Um, but yeah, the hope for, for next year is just to solidify um, by having this structure again, where we actually have a team of people mm-hmm. um, that provide this type of care. And then just for our, our leaders um, to learn how to continue to uh, co-journey. Mm-hmm. with each other and the congregants again um uh, specifically around this so mm-hmm. we're also um offering trainings around just mm. uh mental health you know um yeah just overall training around mental health what does a depression look like and um with anxiety or even uh people who may be struggling with suicide ideation and um how do you assess for certain things and then um how do you assess, but also what are the next steps you should take in dealing mm-hmm. with someone that 
parents and this and that. So yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll be offering trainings um, and yeah, providing an actual uh, care structure. Yeah, that's so encouraging. That is so encouraging. And we hope that, um, yeah, it, that your congregation is flourishing through that and that more churches would really catch fire with that um, and see that it's possible to do that for the flourishing of their churches and their um, local community. So, man, this was such a good conversation. Chandra, would you just pray for us, pray for um, our listeners um, and just all that we've covered today that folks would really be getting set free? Yeah, yeah. Dear Jesus, um, God, we just we just come before you right now. First of all, just thanking you for uh, being a God that saves, Lord, and um, deliver us, God. Um, we're so grateful, Lord, that you allow us to be a part of this work, God, to continue to build up your kingdom, to allow heaven to come to earth, Lord. We're just super thankful for this, Lord. Um, I just pray for every listener um, right now, that's listening to this and hearing my voice right now, Lord. And I just, I just pray a prayer of um, encouragement over them, Lord. I ask that you would meet them exactly where they're at right now. I pray that even in this moment that they would experience your presence and recognize that they're not alone, even if they feel alone, that they're not alone, God. I also pray that um, they would just recognize and just even experience your compassion over their life, God, your love over them, and even your pursuit over their heart, God. And God, reminding them that um, you have always been there and you will always be there, God, for you promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us, God. And God, you have called us into a space of, of freedom and victory, God. That's what your sacrifice was all about. Mm-hmm. So I just pray for those right now that are that are journeying, God, and maybe dealing with just the thorns of life in this season. God, I just pray that you would encourage their hearts right now. For those who may be experiencing fear right now, Lord, um, would you remind them of how much you love them, Lord? And I pray that that would even uh, cast out a lot of their fear, God. Mm-hmm. I just pray for those who are just not even sure, they're uncertain about what they need right now, God. Would you provide for them, whether it's through people, um, through reading scripture, whatever it may be, God, would you just provide for them whatever they need right now, Lord? And I just pray for the churches, God, mm-hmm. as we learn to basically do what you call us to do, God. Mm-hmm. Um, your word speaks very clear about just your compassion for your people and your heart, Lord, and that God, ultimately you are a great counselor. So I just pray that you would even encourage the churches right now to learn how to co-journey with one another, mm-hmm. God, regarding um, mental health. And Jesus, again, we just say we thank you that you allow us to be a part of this work, Lord. Uh, we just pray that we will continue to um, come before you and just, um, yeah, just be obedient to your call mm-hmm. as we feel your kingdom. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Chandra. Thank you, sis. <laughs> All right. Have a blessed week, ladies. <laughs>